Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio! K-I-R-P Radio! Good evening. You're listening to the K-I-R-P Radio Show. K-I-R-P stands for Keeping It Real with Pudgy Miller. This is your guest host, Rocco P. Last Friday of the month with Rocco P. on the K-I-R-P Radio Show. 
Uh, before I forget, if you are listening live, uh, please call in. I will get you on the air. That number is 619-638-8559. That is 619-638-8559. Tonight we'll be discussing the mandatory vaccine agenda, the mandatory vaccine agenda. Um, we're being told, if you haven't gotten the memo or seen it repeated ad nauseum on <clears throat> the television, on the internet, in print media, uh, we are being told there will be no return to normal, whatever that is, without a vaccine. Uh, is that even true? And you probably know if you listened to me before, no, I do not believe that is true. What What is motivating uh, this script, this uh, universal script, that a vaccine is needed before we can return to whatever is normal? Does science support the effectiveness and safety of the proposed vaccine for the coronavirus. The science support the safety and effectiveness of the proposed vaccine for the coronavirus. A number of companies are working on it. There's some things uh, they all have in common. And what should we expect to happen before the vaccine is mandated? It certainly appears like it's going to be. What should we expect beforehand? Uh, tonight, uh, we'll be exploring those questions and as uh, as part of that. We will be looking at, uh, once again, Mr. Bill Gates. Uh, before we get there, uh, I just want to stress again that if you're listening to any type of mainstream media, it would be hard to believe you have not heard that there is no return, there will be no return to normal without a vaccine. It's, it's all over the place, including ESPN. And I've said before, I say it again, we really have to look at the media as an extension of the government. Uh, they play left versus right, liberal, liberal, liberal versus conservative, Democrat versus Republican. They do that to divide us. It's the same agenda. It's the same agenda. You can see that, for example, with uh, churches being closed and a prohibition of, uh, of, of public gatherings, so there's no public protest. The Republicans, Republicans could say they oppose that, including President Trump, but they didn't. So they basically debate how much of our rights they want to violate and take away. But it's basically the same agenda. The media is an extension of that agenda. And again, they play left versus right to divide and distract us. But that is, uh, that is what is being presented. I'm going to play part of a clip from uh, James Corbett. If you're not familiar with James Corbett, I highly recommend his uh, BitChute channel, Corbett Report, and his website. Just search for Corbett Report. Use DuckDuckGo.com or StartPage.com uh, to find the Corbett Report. And you can see uh, you know, wonderful videos that he has there. He's doing a series on Bill Gates. He's done four, I, I guess at the end, I'll put it into one, uh, one large video. But all of his work, he has transcripts for these videos. And uh, he has hyperlinks to all the sources he's used. He's done a tremendous amount of work, and with his uh, video editor Brock West. And uh, I'll be uh, I'm going to play a segment from it was the second one, Bill Gates' plan to vaccinate the world, uh, so you get an idea about how pervasive this uh, script is, the agenda they want to drill into the heads of the people of the world that vaccine is normal, well, a vaccine is needed where there will be no return to what life was like beforehand. Given Gates's pledge to make this a decade of vaccines, it should come as no surprise that since the dawn of this coronavirus crisis, 
He has been adamant that the world will not go back to normal until a vaccine has been developed. But we're going to have this intermediate period of opening up, uh, and it won't be normal until we get a, an amazing vaccine uh, to the entire world. The vaccine is, is critical because until you have that, things aren't really going to be normal. They can open up to some degree, but the risk of a rebound will be there until we have very broad vaccination. Well, they won't be back to normal until we either have that phenomenal vaccine or a therapeutic that's like over 95% effective. And so we have to assume that's gonna be almost 18 months from now. And then the final solution, uh, which is a year to two years off is the vaccine. So we've got to go full speed ahead on all three fronts. Uh, just to head off the conspiracy theorists, maybe we shouldn't call the vaccine the final solution. Maybe just the Good best point. solution. <laughs> okay. More interestingly, since Gates began delivering this same talking point in every one of his many media appearances of late, it has been picked up and repeated by heads of state, health officials, doctors, and media talking heads, right down to the scientifically arbitrary but very specific 18-month time frame. Realistically, COVID-19 will be here for the next 18 months or more. We will not be able to return to normalcy until we find a vaccine or effective medications. The hard fact is, until we find a vaccine, going to normal means putting lives at risk. This will be the new normal until a vaccine is developed. The only thing that will really allow life as we once knew it to resume is vaccine. Obviously, we continue to work on the vaccines, but the vaccines have to be down the road by probably 14, 15, 16 months. We're doing great on the vaccines. The fact that so many heads of state health ministers and media commentators are dutifully echoing Gates' pronouncements about the need for a vaccine will not be surprising those who saw last week's exploration of how Bill Gates monopolized global health. As we have seen, the Gates Foundation's tentacles have penetrated into every corner of the field of public health. Billions of dollars in funding and entire public policy agendas are under the control of this man, an unelected, unaccountable software developer with no medical research experience or training. And nowhere is Gates' control of public health more apparent than in the realm of vaccines. Gates launched the decade of vaccines with a $10 billion pledge. Gates helped develop the Global Vaccine Action Plan administered by the Gates-funded World Health Organization. Gates helped found Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, aiming to develop healthy markets for vaccine manufacturers. Gates helped launch Gavi with a $1 billion donation in 2011, going on to contribute $4.1 billion over the course of the decade of vaccines. And so I'm pleased to announce to you that we're pledging an additional billion dollars uh, to... Every day we give away a billion uh, dollars. 
One of the Gates Foundation's core funding areas is vaccine development and surveillance, which has resulted in the channeling of billions of dollars into vaccine development, a seat at the table to develop vaccination campaigns in countries around the globe, and the opportunity to shape public thinking about Bill Gates' pet project of the past five years, preparing rapid development and deployment of vaccines in the event of a globally spreading pandemic. If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus. Whether it occurs by the quirk of nature at the hand of a terrorist, epidemiologists show through their models that a respiratory spread pathogen would kill more than 30 million people in less than a year. And there is a reasonable probability of that taking place in years ahead. Many high-profile personalities have been gathering at this year's World Economic Forum in Davos, which aims to discuss and deal with the globe's most pressing issues. Amongst them is the Microsoft founder, Bill Gates. His foundation is investing millions in the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations to help combat infectious diseases. Here's some of what he had to say about his push to develop new vaccines. So you get the idea then. You get the idea that this is uh, this is the script. This is what they're telling us that there will be no return to normal without a vaccine. There will be none. If you had listened to any previous programs when I've covered this, uh, the stats are in now. If you talk about real science, since the antibody tests have come out, there were two different. Uh, tests done in Southern California, one in Germany. There's probably others that haven't come up, haven't uh, haven't kept up with all of it. But the antibody tests are different than the PCR test. The PCR test that they give, that the Johns Hopkins site says, when someone is confirmed that they do have, you know, they do have COVID-19, that test is useless. The antibody test is different because it says past tense you were infected, and when those tests had come out, they discovered what many others had suspected. The number of people infected is 20 to 50 times what they had thought. So when you factor those numbers in, yeah, the fatality rate for this virus is less than 1%. And that it should also be said, it should also be stressed that they have inflated the, the numbers of deaths because the vast majority of people that die from COVID, it's not exclusively from the coronavirus. People have one or more pre-existing conditions. So again, if you have emphysema, if you have uh, tuberculosis, if you have COPD, uh, if you were close to death's door based upon your age, the uh, coronavirus is not the exclusive cause of death. And you may have heard too, I covered this, that uh, Medicare is paying doctors, hospitals more to put as cause of death coronavirus. So that has also helped inflate the numbers. So we are dealing with something right now that is uh, essentially less lethal than based upon the CDC's stats for seasonal flu. However, they've done all of this. This is uh, It's hard to conceive the magnitude of what we've experienced the last few months that this is an international psyop or psychological operation, and a lot of people can't conceive. They know governments lie. They know the media lies. They can't conceive 
it's that detailed and it's that organi- organized and it's that orchestrated that they're all on the same page, but they are. The science right now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt does not mandate what they have done, but they want to create this crisis. That's why some call it a pandemic, others call it a scam-demic. This is what we have, and the goal they're pushing us towards is universal vaccination. Because as you heard, there will be no return to normal until there's a vaccine. That doesn't make sense. Uh, That really doesn't make sense scientifically. We'll get into that. Uh, We will get into that. You should also have, have a good idea about the real attitude of the elite. You could use the phrase the power elite. I like the phrase the new world order. Of what these people believe about people who will not be vaccinated what these people believe, what what the power leader in the New World Order, what they really believe about people who will abs- absolutely refuse to be vaccinated. I, I said before, I'll say it again, I will never take this coronavirus vaccine for many reasons. Uh, a top Center for Disease Control, CDC official, was caught on tape in 2016 saying that society should get rid of all the whites in the United States to reduce the number of people who refuse vaccines. And I'm going to play. I'm going to play the video in a moment. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Carol Baker made the alarming remarks during the Achieving Childhood Vaccine Success in the USA panel discussion, sponsored by the National Meningitis Association, New York City, on May 9th, 2016, a few years ago. Quote: So I have the solution. Every study published in the last five years. Again, she's saying this in May of 2016. She's saying this, yeah, just over four years ago. Uh, so I have the solution. Every study published in the last five years when you look at vaccine refusers, Baker told the panel, I'm not talking about hesitance. Most of them we can talk into coming to terms. But refusers will just get rid of all the whites in the United States. Guess who wants to get vaccinated the most immigrants? End of quote. Notably, Baker was appointed chair of the CDC's advisory committee on immunization by Obama's health and human services secretary Kathleen Sebelius in 2009. Again, I wouldn't push a lot of that because the CDC is wicked and corrupt, as is the entire federal government, regardless of whether it's a D or an R, okay, regardless of whether we have Democrats or Republicans who have appointed people, whether Democrats or Republicans occupy Congress or the White House. This is is a a two-party system controlled by the same interests. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Carol Baker was also honored with the Sabin Vaccine Institute's 2019 Albert B. Sabin Gold Medal at a Washington, D.C. ceremony, sponsored in part by, guess who, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Pfizer. And Pfizer. Is it really surprising that a Bill Gates-connected CDC, CDC official openly suggested depopulating whites who don't cooperate with, the mandatory, with their mandatory vaccine agenda? Again, so... Four years ago, and uh, let's uh, let, let's play the uh, the statements by the good Dr. Carol Baker. The battle is being fought. One family, one physician, one health center. That's why we're doing as well as we are. We're talking about the minority and strategies mm. against the minority. So I have the solution. Every study published in the last five years, when you look at vaccine refusers. I'm not talking about, well, hesitance, most of them we can talk into coming to terms, but refusers. We'll just get rid of all the whites in the United States because 
Washington is the most diverse city in the entire United States. There are seven Asian languages spoken in that city. I've been a minority for more than 20 years in the city of Houston. The, the majority is we call Hispanic. That is not a race or an ethnicity. That is a political designation. But a lot of them are from Central, South America, Mexico. Guess who wants to get vaccinated the most? Immigrants. Part of it. That's what made Donald Trump's uh, comment about bringing disease. Immigrants. It is the well educated, <laughs> in terms of pieces of paper that they put on their wall, um, people that have been here a long time. And it's very unfortunate. And But I think we need not lose the big picture. So we need not lose the big picture. If you're wondering, uh, yeah, she she is a white person herself, which uh, I guess you could say adds insult to injury or more insanity to insanity. Uh, this is the mentality. This is the mentality of the global elite, the power elite of the new world order about people who refuse to be vaccinated. And it's fascinating, again, she's saying that just over four years ago. They push mandatory vaccination in the United States. They do that through government schools. I notice they didn't say public schools. I said government schools. Uh, public means it would be open to the public. It's controlled by the government. Government schools, which are more, it's a Marxist monstrosity that started in the United States at the turn of the century. So through government schools, then, they entice and influence and basically coerce a lot of people, saying, oh, well, you know, your child child can't come to our indoctrination center unless the child has been vaccinated. So most states have a, a religious or a philosophical exemption. There should be no exemption because the law shouldn't be mandatory. But they've attempted to, I believe they have eliminated that in California. They tried to do it in New Jersey. They haven't been successful yet in New Jersey to, uh, to eliminate the, uh, the waiver or the exemption on religious grounds for vaccination, and of course, that was for children. But it's uh, it's been growing because you know then they push it on uh, healthcare workers. You know, it just goes on and on. Of course, the military they use uh, poor military people as guinea pigs. Who knows what they've been shot up with over the years? But she said that four years ago, uh, the disdain and disgust in her voice towards. Uh, what she what she said was educated white people who wouldn't be vaccinated. Yeah, people people are educated. Uh, let's let's you know she makes some formal education. She's a doctor, so she spent a lot of time in formal education. But that was okay because she uh, she worship she worships worships death and mandatory vaccination. But <laughs> she makes fun of people that are educated who refuse vaccinations. Well, maybe you should step back. She should step back and think. The reason they do that is because they do know better. They're not like people, immigrants that may be in the country then that are less educated and have had less time to think about it and see what the results are. And uh, the uh, <clears throat> the jury is in. Uh, <clears throat> the evidence, the uh, the virology, the vaccination just just is not there. And we've caught the CDC lying too. Incidentally, that's that's public record. They lied about the MMR vaccine. They lied about the MMR measles 
mumps, measles, rubella, rubella. <clears throat> he talked, she talked about minorities and she was glad, well, immigrants, immigrants, I'm throwing in minorities, with immigrants, and she was glad that immigrants want to get vaccinated. Well, uh, black boys have a higher rate of autism due to the MMR vaccine. The CDC covered that up. No one gets held responsible. No one gets held responsible. The CDC was caught lying about that. And, of course, the WHO, the World Health Authority, that's a trash organization, again, largely funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So you can't trust institutions when you have to look at the funding and you look at their track record. The CDC is thoroughly corrupt, as is the World Health Organization. We'll talk about the, uh, the World Health Organization a little bit more. But you get, you get the idea there that uh, when she talks about just eliminating you know, whites in the United States, uh, all the whites in the United States, who wouldn't, get, who wouldn't want to get vaccinated. No one on the panel, and you know, she didn't smirk when she said that instantly. No one there laughed. There's nothing to indicate during this yeah, academic forum that she was joking. There's nothing to indicate that she wasn't dead serious. Nothing, whatever. Now I'm going to play a clip from Alan Dershowitz. You may, you may be familiar with uh, Alan Dershowitz. He's a Harvard Law professor. He's paraded on television as a constitutional attorney an expert in constitutional law. Uh, what they mean by constitutional law isn't the Constitution. Okay, it isn't the Constitution. We'll see that when we discuss his clip and yeah, what he says. They, they mean by constitutional law, case law. So you have cases based upon cases based upon cases. And obviously, if some of those cases were wrong, then the case law is horribly wrong. Constitution, again, the original intent is very clear. It says nothing about health care, incidentally. So there's no, there is no power at the federal government, at the level of the federal government for health care. You say, you know, why do they spend all this money on Medicare, uh, Medicaid, others? You know, why do we have the CDC? <laughs> why do we have the FDA Food and Drug Association? Because Congress, over time, yeah, deviated from the Constitution. The people tolerated it. And now we're on the brink of full-blown medical martial law. This is what you get. This is what you get over time. I'm going to play this clip by Alan Dershowitz, a uh, supervillain scum from Harvard. And this is his opinion about the power of the government, the power of the government with vaccination. Let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread the disease, even if you disagree. You have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, can I stop you? No right not to be vaccinated, meaning if they decide you have to be vaccinated, we have to be vaccinated? Absolutely. And if you refuse to be vaccinated, the state has the power to literally take you to a doctor's office and plunge a needle into your arm. If the vaccination vaccination is designed to prevent the spreading disease, if the vaccination is only to prevent a disease that you will get, for example, if there's a disease that will kill you, you have the right to refuse that, but you have no right to refuse to be vaccinated against a uh, contagious disease. Public health, the police power of the Constitution, gives the state the power to compel that. And there are cases in the United States that bring forth. 
Okay, so Alan Dershowitz says there are cases. Notice, because the person who was interviewing him, I didn't drill down to what was, said, where's that in the Constitution? It's not in the Constitution. It's not. The Constitution has zero authority. You look at the original ten of the Constitution, it's very clear to understand there's certain delegated authorities for Congress. So Congress has delegated authorities, delegated powers. They could only make laws within the realm of delegated powers. Within the realm of delegated powers, okay, that's all they could do. That's all they could do. That's why I always go Article One, Section Eight, Clause Eleven. Only Congress could declare a war. Only Congress could declare a war, not the president. But the president's been declaring war ever since World War Two, starting with the horrible, horrible Korean War declared by the president. Shouldn't be. So, Dershowitz talks about case laws. What case is he talking about? This is not in the Constitution. Okay, just not there. We, we could quote, as far as the original intent of the Constitution, I always like to quote Benjamin Rush. I don't know the exact quote, but he essentially wanted, uh, as one of the added to the Bill of Rights, he wanted a bill for medical freedom, saying that the federal government could not make any laws regarding health. All right. Remember, the Bill of Rights are negative affirmations. The Anti-Federalists, in order to pass the Constitution to get ratified, demanded that there would be a clarification of things that the federal government couldn't do because the Constitution created a far more power, powerful federal government. They called it a general government than existed in the Articles of Confederation, far more. So you had people like Patrick Henry that wanted that protection, and the Constitution would have never been ratified without the promise of the Bill of Rights. They were negative, aff aff they were negative affirmations. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. You have the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, not being abridged. So, there were individual rights and there were negative affirmations. They were clarifying what the general or federal government could not do, period, case closed, done, over. There's nothing about health care there. We've tolerated this, and now, again, it's degenerated, it's metastasized. We have, we have now, we're on the brink of full-blown medical martial law, and then super scum Alan Dershowitz comes out and says, we have cases, well, we have cases, yeah, we have cases like Buck versus Bell. Looked that one up at the turn of the century that said the state could forcibly sterilize imbeciles. So if the state determines you're an imbecile, then the state has a vested interest in making sure that you can never reproduce, you can never procreate. And that's still in the books. So these are, that's the case law that super scumbag Alan Dershowitz is talking about. That's what he's talking about, Buck versus Bell. So yeah, can you find in the Constitution, 100 years ago wasn't there either, that the state would have the power to forcibly sterilize someone who they consider an imbecile. No, you can't. You know, someone like Olive Wendell Holmes is held up as a legal genius. He ruled for that in Buck versus Bell. This was their mentality. And again, that is still in the books. So yes, there's cases, but those cases were never constitutional. And the fact that they were never repealed does not make magically make them constitutional, just like Roe versus Wade. Yes, the Supreme Court ruled on that. Was that right? No. No, no, no. Because the federal government could have nothing to do with health care. The most fundamental right is the right to life. And they know that. They lied. Supreme Court justices, most of them Republicans, lied in the 70s on Roe versus Wade because they basically pretend they said, oh, the right to privacy then. 
yeah, they didn't want to talk about the right to life. So, oh, the right to privacy. Privacy doesn't exist anymore if you didn't get that memo. Just look at what's happened since 9-11. The Patriot Act expanded powers of National Security Administration, National Security Agency. Every electronic communication is being recorded. There's no privacy, but there's a right for one to kill their children. So this is the world we live in, and they are now talking again about mandatory vaccinations. Dershowitz, too, as he repeatedly said, he's scum. I, I literally mean that as far as his moral character. And again, I want to dissect what he believes in terms of the Constitution. But as far as his moral character, Alan Dershowitz defended Jeffrey Epstein. When Jeffrey Epstein got his sweetheart deal in Florida years ago, it was Alan Dershowitz. And Alan Dershowitz admitted that he got massages in Epstein's house. He lied, though, in my opinion, because he says it was by old, it was by old overweight woman. I don't see Jeffrey Epstein basically bringing anyone to his home to uh, get a massage by an older overweight woman, especially when you know Jeffrey Epstein's uh, predilection for a, a younger underage woman, Mr. Pedophile. And we also know Alan Dershowitz was on Lolita Express. Okay, we have limited flight records. He was there. So this is who Alan Dershowitz is. He's he's the scum who got who got uh, Jeffrey Epstein off in Florida the first time. This is who he is. This is his character. Okay, he's probably blackmailed like a lot of other people that are on that are on those planes, including Bill Clinton and at least once Donald J. Trump. Yes, yes, you heard here. That's true. They were on the Lolita Express too. Uh, why should the new vaccine not be trusted? Why should it not be trusted? There are many reasons uh, grounded in science why it should not be trusted at all. There are a number. There are a number. Uh, I'm going to take a break now, and I'll come back, and we'll talk about those reasons why it should not be trusted. And we'll talk about how the agenda is, what the agenda is, where this is going, if uh, they are successful with mandatory vaccination. Incidentally, they'll push mandatory testing first. Again, the the uh, the test that says you're currently infected means nothing. The antibody test could say after the fact you are infected. That could prove something. In any case, it shouldn't be mandatory. It should not be mandatory. It should be up to the individuals. One thing, I'll repeat this again, is that if, 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 and Alan Dershowitz talked about the government saying, yeah, they could force you to be, uh, if you have an infectious disease, if you're a problem with someone else, uh, he, he, and the other, he and these other fanatics and, and you know, scum that want to push this, forget the simple fact that if you're vaccinated, they claim you have this magical, you have magical immunity. So if you're vaccinated, why would anyone vaccinated be afraid of someone who isn't vaccinated? They've got the magical immunity. So what's the point? Aside of the fact, and obviously Alan Dershowitz is an elitist New World Order scum, he doesn't believe in individual liberty. If something was good, you wouldn't have to coerce anyone to do it, Okay. You wouldn't have to question. You don't have. You don't have to basically force people to eat or sleep. You know, it's, it's good for you. <laughs> but when it comes to vaccines, then no, 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 no. Then they want to coerce you. They want to use their power. You listen to KRP Radio Show, keeping real. Poggy Miller. I am your guest host, Rocco P. We will take a deep, take a brief break, and then discuss the reasons why the new vaccine, the experimental vaccine they're coming out with, should never be trusted why no one should take it if they care about their health.
KRP Radio! Listen to the KRP Radio Show, guest host Rocco P, talking about the mandatory vaccine agenda. The mandatory vaccine agenda. I'm going to quote from, uh, I'm not going to play the video. I'm going to play, I'm just going to read some of the transcript from uh, the same video I started out with, with uh, Bill Gates and uh, his plan to vaccinate the world. James Corbett's excellent video. Uh, Again, Gates is saying things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. Okay. (laughs) And he was saying that in his 2015 virus warning. Okay. What should be surprising is that this strangely specific and continuously repeated message that we will not go back to normal until we get a vaccine in 18 months has no scientific basis whatsoever. Medical researchers have already conceded that a vaccine for SARS-CoV-2 may not even be possible, pointing to the inability of researchers to develop the kind of immunization against previous coronavirus outbreaks like SARS or MERS. But even if such a vaccine were possible, serious concerns remain about the safety of developing, testing, and delivering such a vaccine to the entire world in this remarkably short time frame. Even proponents of vaccine development openly worry that the rush to vaccinate millions of billions of people with largely untested experimental coronavirus will itself present grave risk to the public. One of these risks involve, involves disease enhancement. It has been known for over a decade that vaccination for some viral infections including coronaviruses, actually enhances susceptibility to viral infection or even causes infections in healthy vaccine recipients. And then uh, James Corbett quotes Anthony Fauci. Fauci said, now the issue of safety is something that I want to make sure the American people understand. It's not only safety when you inject somebody and they get maybe an idiosyncratic reaction. They get a little allergic reaction. They get pain. There's safety associated. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone, they get infected with what you're trying to protect them with, and you actually enhance the infection. That was Fauci. Remarks by President Trump, Vice President Pence, and members of the Coronavirus Task Force in briefing, in a press briefing. That's back to March 26. Dr. Anthony Gates incidentally owns some of these patents and uh, stands to... uh, make amazing amounts of money if uh, the vaccines they don't get developed. There is no mere theory. This is no mere theoretical risk. As researchers were trying to develop a vaccine for the original SARS outbreak discovered, the vaccine actually made the lab animals subject to it more susceptible to the disease. Okay, you get that? It was more susceptible to the disease. James Corbett quotes, uh, an article from Nature, don't rush to deploy COVID-19 vaccines and drugs without sufficient safety guarantees. Uh, we must urgently develop measures to tackle the new coronavirus, but safety always comes first. Always comes first, says Shibo Jiang. Uh, obviously, if a vaccine normally takes up to 10 years to develop, including human clinical trials, how could this experimental vaccine possibly be safe? in less than two years. They're talking maybe even the end of this year. Okay. Eighteen months or less. How how could that how could that be possible? 
How could how could that be possible? I uh, I would not take it. No one should trust the new vaccine because it's, it's a different type of vaccine. First, it's going to alter your DNA. It's going to alter your DNA. Uh, and as I mentioned from where I cited from uh, James Corbett, no vaccine's ever been developed for coronavirus. That includes a common cold. Robert Kennedy, I didn't gear up his video when he was interviewed, but he discussed what happened in the past with animal trials on coronaviruses in the past. They gave the ferrets. And the ferrets initially did very well. And then when they were infected with the virus, then they died. That's happened to the ferrets. Okay. I mentioned already a vaccine normally takes up to 10 years to be developed and approved, including animal and clinical trials. Uh, now, again, President Trump has the military working on this with his you know, project or Operation Warp Speed. Okay. They're talking 18 months at the end of this year. Insane, even for those who believe in the virology, even those who believe in vaccines efficacy, and I certainly don't. Insane in this time frame. Uh, why else? Why else should it be rejected? Bill Gates has openly advocated population reduction with vaccines in the past. Uh, Bill Gates has openly advocated population reduction with vaccines in the past. He said that in the famous TED speech. Uh, he was talking about global warming. He had this neat equation. CO2, carbon dioxide, which is work, carbon-based life form, incidentally. Uh, so you really don't want to limit carbon uh, if you want to preserve life. But he had CO2 equals you know, people times other things. He said, we have to get one of these down to zero. So if we do a really good job with vaccines, we could reduce it maybe 15%. So when you have someone that's the most influential global proponent of mass vaccination who's already previously stated he would like to depopulate the world and he could do it with vaccines. That's a real good reason uh, not to take the vaccine. And incidentally, the Gates Foundation is the most influential uh, financial backer of the WHO, the World Health Organization, if you didn't know that. Another reason that no one should take it, if those as I mentioned, if those vaccinated are protected, what's the danger to them from people who are not inoculated? Okay? If the vaccine does give you this mystical, magical immunity, why do you have any fear from someone who is not vaccinated? Uh, makes no sense. Uh, as based on uh, the antibody test, two done in Southern California and one in Germany, 20 to 50 times more people have already been infected with COVID-19 virus. Vaccine safety mandates, no pun on words, vaccine safety mandates that anyone with natural immunity should never be vaccinated with the same virus because it's dangerous. Okay. Anyone with natural immunity should never be vaccinated with the same virus because it's dangerous. Nothing would make this experimental vaccine different. No one seems to be talking about that. To me, you talk about science. This is, this is the 2,000-pound you know, gorilla in the room no one's talking about. If we already know right now 20 to 50 times more people than we thought are infected, why would you need mass vaccination? We've got all these people that already have natural immunity. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. The broader agenda here, too, when you get into it, uh, is not just a mandatory vaccination. And again, it'll be preceded by mandatory testing. Uh, it's kind of like when you talk about gun confiscation. Registration precedes confiscation. Mandatory testing for vaccination will precede mandatory vaccination. So first it would be mandatory testing, then mandatory vaccination. Uh, both should be rejected, just like 
registration should be rejected because historically that leads to gun confiscation. I said that in passing. The broader agenda involves contact tracing, if you haven't heard about that. There, right now, because uh, the economy had tanked anyway due to the, uh, the engineered and inflated stock market. So the economy was going to tank anyhow. But at the most vulnerable point, then they did the PSYOP. Uh, they did a scandemic or plandemic to destroy the economy. And they told they told some people they weren't essential, they couldn't work. So they made something that would have been horrifically bad far worse. And I didn't get into the, to the numbers on the economy, but a number of people said we, it's already worse than, it, than the lowest point in 2008 when you look at unemployment and the number of companies that have gone on. They're small, some big ones too, like Hertz. You, know, you rent cars, then you, you kind of destroy the economy and people are afraid to travel, and they got all these restrictions. Uh, Hertz is going under. Hertz is going under. You get, get a good go, you get a good price online if you want to buy a nice used car. Uh, just go to Hertz's website. But uh, the broader the broader agenda here involves contact tracing and kidnapping. As the economy is tanked, you have people now. I read one article in D.C. The starting salary for contact tracers are now obviously people people. Uh, desperately need jobs as the government has helped destroy the economy. Uh, the starting salary for a contact tracer with benefits, of course, would be 50000 in D.C., the District of Criminals. They're hiring people all over the country. What does this involve? This involves people that are going to spy. Uh, it's basically like the Stasi in East Germany, uh, similar to Gestapo. They come around and you know, they'll say, okay, well, yeah, based upon, and you know, they'll be using cell phone data too. Have indication. We found out that you were, you had, you had been exposed to three people the other day. So those three, and then two, two may have been infected. So you have to be tested. Oh yes, yeah, yeah this is coming. This is coming. They're training them all over the country now, and of course, a lot of people are in dire straits. A lot of people probably don't want to take those jobs, but. Uh, they're desperate and they're going to take them. Hopefully those that take them and know it's immoral, hopefully they will not do their job. <laughs> I hate to say that. <laughs> they just shouldn't take the job anyhow. But uh, they shouldn't They shouldn't use their powers to uh, to oppress people and spy on them. That's the essence of the job, though. That's, that's their heart to do. But it's the goal, the goal, again, the people, the power elite, the New World Order, they want total control. And they had it wrapped up in this nice package of this pandemic or scandemic to scare enough people. Now people are realizing it's not that deadly, so I don't know in the future what they'll do if they will release a more potent bioweapon to terrify people. I'm not sure. Bill Gates himself, incidentally, has talked about coronavirus as, as virus one. So uh, it's pretty easy to see what the what the plan what the game plan is. Uh, there's going to be more than one. There's going to be multiple, multiple bioweapon viruses are going to release. This first one, I think, was largely designed to see how people would react. And certainly, they've uh, they've rolled over. They've submitted to they've submitted to this theory, especially churches. I've said that before. It's just horrible. Uh, what happened in the states was worse than the former Soviet Union because the government just said you can't meet. Snap of a finger, churches uh, churches rolled over. Now they know it's not even deadly, and a lot of churches are still foolish enough. 
obey those mandates, which were constitutional. Nothing in the federal constitution. I don't know what state you live in, certainly in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina state state constitution doesn't give the governor the power to abrogate those fundamental rights. It's very clear. The General Assembly would have to vote on it, and they did. And even then, I think it would be wrong. But in this case, the uh, the mandates for North Carolina were completely legal. But the Republicans in the General Assembly, as well as the Democrats, let them get away with it. They let them get away with it, and the people suffer. People suffer. The broader agenda here is they're going to push mandatory testing, they're going to push mandatory vaccination. And with this contact tracing, eventually, they're going to say they could kidnap you. It's kind of like what happens, the, color, the idea of color of law, where it isn't actually legal, but people tolerate it. It's kind of like people talk about family court. Family court doesn't have any juries. It's just a judge. And social workers, I didn't realize this for a long time, social workers could kidnap children based upon color of law. They show up, they knock on someone's door. They say, we've had a report, maybe anonymous, and you know we have to we have to take your children away to investigate them to see what's going on. They show up with a police officer, and they create the illusion that they have the right to kidnap your child, but they don't. You just you don't let them in. You ignore them. Really, is that simple? And of course, you know some places that are more uh, that are more totalitarian, like New York, New Jersey, California. I'm sure it's more difficult dealing with them. You might have to temporarily get out of the county you're in. Because normally child protective services is based county authority, but they really don't have that authority. It's not there's no such thing as a warrant or anything. If there's a crime committee, have what's called a warrant based upon evidence, and that's the way that's the way it would work. That's the way it would work. But they're getting, they're getting thousands of people trained as contact tracers, and they're going to have the power to kidnap, uh, or if the people let them do it. This uh this came out. This came out. Through, first I'm going to play part of a video a guy put together from New American, and he talks about a, uh, a doctor, doctor with uh, in Europe, with the World Health Organization talks about the fact people would have to be taken out of your home if they were infected. Yeah, and then then there's a quote by a doctor in Ventura County, California. This says the same thing. He says it. In, he says it in a tremendous metrosexual voice. So these people are doctors. They're evidently uh, health authorities. But this again is part of the agenda, part of the mandatory testing, mandatory vaccine agenda, of uh, total control and medical martial law. This is what they are moving towards. So I'm going to play a part of this clip now. If you want, to, if you want to see this video, the entire video itself, uh, it's unfortunately on YouTube. I don't know if it's on. A bit shoot, but you look under the new American video, and this would be deep state contact tracing and privacy. Deep state contact tracing and privacy. Promise, God willing, we will have it for you very soon. But the World Health Organization, they are now advocating contact tracing around the world. And uh, you have a, uh, a bureaucrat who works at the World Health Organization. He's the uh, emergencies chief. His name is Michael Ryan. And according to Michael Ryan, a central part of this contact tracing is going to be to remove individuals from their own homes, from the comfort of their homes and their safety of their families, in case we possibly think they maybe are sick or might possibly become sick. So I want to show you this video. Check this out. And at the moment, in most parts of the world, <clears throat> due to lockdown, most of the transmission that's actually happening in many countries now is happening in the household, at family level. 
in some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. All right, then. Now, I stress again, this is Michael J. Ryan. He's a medical doctor. He's executive director of the Health Emergencies Program of the World Health Organization. As I mentioned before, the WHO, the World Health Organization, the uh, biggest benefactor, largest funder, is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So you see where, you see where this is going. I want to pull up the clip from the doctor in Ventura County, California. Let's see if I get that at the right spot here. Pulling up that video, there's a lot. There's a lot that was said. Uh, could have pulled up a different version, but I'm going to play the video. And this is Dr. Robert Levin, Health Director, Ventura County Public Health. Again, a lot is said. But I'll start at this part of the video. Okay is to bring on people. We're going to start with 10 people. We may bring on up to 50 or even more as the program grows and as we see the needs for it. As we do more testing, we will find more and more people who have COVID-19. And again, we'll isolate every one of them and we will find every one of their contacts and we will make sure that they stay quarantined and we'll check in with them every day. In other words, what this program means is that we're going to do a more complete job and we're going to do a more meticulous job of making it less and less possible for others in the county to run into someone with COVID-19 infection. Um, there are, it's not just our county that's bringing more people on. There are going to be thousands of, of people hired who will be these contact investigators throughout the state. And this is occurring in many, many other states as well, perhaps all the states in our country. Um, we will be giving intensive training to these people, training not only for identifying and finding contacts, but also in terms of how to be sensitive about doing it. We also realize that as we find more contacts, some of the people we find are going to have trouble being isolated. For instance, if they live in a home where there's only one bathroom and there are three or four other people living there and those people don't have COVID infection, we're not going to be able to keep the person in that home. Every person who we're isolating, for instance, needs to have uh, their own bathroom. And so we'll be moving people like this into other kinds of housing that we have available. They'll also have other needs, perhaps, food, whatever it's going to be. The county will be there to back them up and to support them. All right. So you don't have enough bathrooms in your house? Well, we are just going to have to take. The, uh, the follow-up on the video, and you heard precisely what he said, following you know, the, same, the same game plan, the same script, the same notes as the so-called doctor from the World Health Organization, that, uh, that doctor in Ventura County. Uh, love, uh, 
I love the uh, I love the title. Okay, I love it. Pulled it up. Health Director of Ventura County Public Health, Dr. Robert Levin. You heard precisely what he said that you know people would be removed from the homes. When this came out in uh, Ventura County, if you don't know, and uh, it's uh, it's very expensive. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, uh, property along right along the coast. Yeah, you know, very very expensive homes. When this came out, there was quite the outrage, and they went into they went into spin control and really panic mode. And they basically said we didn't we didn't really mean that. Just kind of like when Bill Gates said if we do a really good job with you know vaccinations, among other things in healthcare, we can reduce population of the world by 15%. And then, but of course, you know, he didn't really mean that. And so this Dr. Robert Levin really didn't mean what you just heard that. Yeah, they take people out of the house. Uh, there may perhaps, as one example, there was only one bathroom. People might get infected. We'd have to take the that person out of the house. Uh, there was a big backlash. They denied. They said this, and they said that it weren't going to happen. This wasn't going to happen. Uh, but of course, he said that, and this was part of the psyop. I mean, the big psyop is COVID. That's deadly, and it's not. Okay, it's, it's big psyop. And I you know it's difficult for people to think that the coordination. That you know the world governments coordinate at the highest levels, but obviously they have uh, to do this because we know the numbers now. It's not lethal, less than one percent, uh, less than one percent fatality rate. But there's psyops within the psyop, and when they did this in Ventura County, they basically threw out. Uh, this was really a test run, a trial run, you could say beta test to see mm, how were people going to react to that, and it was extremely negative. So then they pull back. They say. Uh, we didn't mean that. It's not going to happen. But of course, it is going to happen down the road if the people tolerate it. Is that it absolutely is going to happen? The contract tracers again. What are they out there for? Yeah, again, if they're believing this 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 virus has this power, they have to know everyone who is contact with everyone. You get into that situation where you have, let's say, four people in a home, and one or two people are infected and two aren't. What do you do? have other totalitarian power and just say, well, if no one wants to move to you know, their place where they take care of them, which is probably which is normally called prison, then everyone could stay, but then you just can't leave your house for, I don't know, 7, 14, 30 days. You get into that. And if you're not working from home, it's, uh, it's okay. Due to public health, you just you can't, you have to stop making money for as long as the government tells you to. But this is, uh, this is the agenda. This is the agenda, not just of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, but they're out front pushing it. This is the agenda of the New World Order that they're going to push. There is no reason, uh, if you care about health, there's no reason to, to think about taking that vaccine. There's, there's absolutely none. If, uh, if your concern is for health, there's, that, there's absolutely none. There's absolutely none. It's just the reverse. If you care about your health, you would not. You will not take that vaccine, and you encourage everyone not to. And um, there's going to be some tough choices ahead. Uh, John uh, John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com. And yes, he was talking about fake news many, many years before the current, uh, the, yeah, it currently came into vogue. But John Rappaport wrote a good piece recently, how they would do it. And he's a very good writer, and he, yeah, he's very, very well researched as far as, you know, the methods of uh, basically mass media manipulation and how the new world order works. Basically, you know, it'll be a variety, there'll be really like a montage of a variety of ways they'll, they will socially influence people short of 
getting to the point where then it is forcibly mandated. But in any case, uh, there will be some uh, probably some difficult choices in days ahead. Uh, may not be at gunpoint, but you know you have to think before it happens. So you know, make an emotional choice. What's going to happen if uh, you're told by your employer one, two, three times, maybe three strikes are out? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Smith, this is the third time we've told you you're not compliant. If uh, you're not vaccinated by next Tuesday, uh, we'll accept that as your resignation. And what are you going to do? You have to be prepared. You have to start thinking about these things. To me, the science is on the side of complete absolute, complete and total abs- absolute refusal to vaccinate. Once again, if you have natural immunity, it's dangerous to be vaccinated. And there's millions of people, especially by the time vaccines are developed, you're going to have millions and millions of people that will have already been infected with COVID. They'll have natural immunity. So then I guess they're going to have to lie and then say, well, that's not good enough. That's somehow an experimental vaccine that hasn't been tested well and it's going to alter your DNA. That's going to be needed. Makes no sense. But the science is on our side. The science really is. So it's just a matter of educating people. If enough people do not consent, they can't do it. It's impossible. And that would include people in the police, military, and the government. If enough people refuse to consent, it's just it can't be done. It just can't be done. And keep that in mind. You've been listening to the KRP radio show, Keeping It Real, with Pudgy Millie, guest host Rocco P. Last Friday nights of the month. Lord willing, I will be back Next month, not sure of the date yet. Yes, I can see the last Friday of that date, but I'm not sure I'll be around that date. But I hope to be back next month. Thanks again for, for listening to KRP Radio Show. KRP Radio!